0: And the world of your dreams. Today I am joined by return guest Adam Parker. Adam is an executive wellness and performance coach, speaker, and host of the top-rated Ideal Day podcast, where he collaborates with the world's most respected minds in health, wellness, and personal growth. Through his podcast and speaking events, he inspires people across the globe with his wisdom and knowledge on how to achieve sustainable wellness in today's overstimulated world adam has an incredible passion to educate and empower you towards sustainable wellness in your career social and personal lives to help you succeed in what's important to you additionally i'll be donating to and raising awareness for the charity or organization of my guest choice adam has selected the unstoppable foundation please join me in donating the link is in the show notes as always And in today's conversation, Adam and I go deep. 2022 was a massive year of transformation for Adam. And he talks a lot about manifestation, spirituality, connection to something much bigger than him, call it God, the universe, spirit, source, and the power of positive thinking and upgrading his beliefs. One of the ways that Adam was able to get more in touch with his true essence was through Detoxing, doing a liver detox. So he talks in great detail about what it means to do a liver detox, the ins and outs of how he did that. And we talk a lot about visualization and how the circuitry of just envisioning what you want in specificity, in great detail, is almost the same thing. Like the neural pathways that are created through visualization are almost the same thing as actually going through it yourself. And that is the power of mindset. If we can really embody the things that we want to believe over time, it just happens. That's the way that you start to live your life. And Adam has really got in touch with that and is starting to really upgrade the way that he lives his life through beliefs, through the power of positive thinking. And we dive deep into that and ways that he gets challenged and gets back into his old patterns into his old conditioning and limiting beliefs what he does how does he process that and shift into the new belief that he wants to acquire we also talk about surrender and letting go and really trusting that the universe and life is going to support you if you really believe if you really truly deeply believe in your core The universe does support you, and Adam gives lots of great information, lots of good resources, books that can support you in bringing forth the life that you truly and deeply desire. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. With all of that said, settle in, take a deep breath, and enjoy this wide-ranging conversation with Adam Parker. Adam, welcome back to Mike's search for meeting my friend.
1: Mike, it's an absolute pleasure to be back on the show. And yeah, I'm really enjoying getting
0: into it. <laughs> Me too. The listeners won't be able to see this, but since our last conversation, we both have grown an immense amount of hair. <laughs> it looks like you've actually grown some muscle as well. And uh, I actually wanted to start with you just talking about we're recording in the very beginning of january of 2023 this episode will probably be released in like six weeks but i think that reflections are always Mm. really valuable and that's a really great place to start so what have been some of your 2022 reflections what have been some areas of development and growth for you
1: well firstly mike it's great to be back on the show and and thank you for your lovely comments i mean yes i have just come from the gym and Yes, I am growing my hair. It's growing your hair is always pump. a funny thing, isn't it? Sorry?
0: I said it's beautiful pump. You got good pump going on.
1: Thank you, my man. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's well, what what's the day? I think it's like, uh, it's the first week of January. We'll kind of getting back into it. And, I, and yeah, we always do like to reflect back on what we've learned and, and lessons learned, failures, successes in, in 2022 or the previous year. So I've been doing a lot of that this week as well as looking at setting goals. And I would say last year was probably the most, one of the most transformative years for me personally. And I would say I have developed a level of spirituality that I have never had before, which is a beautiful thing. And I think it's an amalgamation of many things. It's deep study of how the mind works and understanding how energy works and how frequency works, that was one element that kind of brought me to this conclusion that essentially, I wouldn't say I was religious, but I I believe that there is an energy that goes to and through us, and it's in everything. You call it divine, source, prana, chi. So I've I've come to that kind of conclusion in my thoughts. Firstly, as I said, Studying the mind, understanding how the subconscious mind works and and that study. But secondly, I've really focused on a lot of cleansing and healing this year. And as I've cleansed my body, it's as though my consciousness has risen. It's that it's really hard to describe. But as I have cleansed and we can jump into how I've done it. Yeah, I have developed my intuitive factor, my intuition, my connection to th- this energy it's and honestly if you would spoke if I was if I heard myself this time last year saying what I'm saying now I'd be like what is he talking about what is he going <laughs> on about but it's it's really interesting it's been a real eye-opener for me and now it's I saw this to finish my point I saw this video of Michael and I'll send this to you so you can put it in the show notes there's a video uh, do you remember Martin Bashir interviewed Michael Jackson like 20 years ago and he went to never never land or wherever it's called and martin Bashir was like so how do you write a song and then michael jackson's like you know it just comes to me you know and 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 he basically says so billy jean how did you write billy jean And he goes you know i was driving down uh, this boulevard and i i said to my i said to god i just want a, a song with a good tune and then a couple of days later it just hits me and he and then martin Bashir was like but but how but but how's it and, and he goes from above (laughs) and i remember thinking when i was a kid watching that michael jackson's loopy but now (laughs) i watch it and i'm like that makes complete sense because he's asked for it he's asked divine source energy ask and it shall be given and you have to allow that to come in so it's i i now really acknowledge that and understand it you know Mm -hmm. that's that's the best way i can describe it whereas when i saw that 20 years ago when i was a kid i was like oh my goodness michael jackson's a there's a wacko. Because now
0: I'm like, no, I completely get what he means now. Well, there's there's so many things from this. I think maybe I'll start by saying one: your Michael Jackson impression is outstanding. I want <laughs> I want some more of that in my life. <laughs> I did not think that your 2022 reflections and your connection with the divine or source would invoke some Michael Jackson into the conversation, <laughs> and and certainly not that beautiful impression. I think what, where I'd like to start from your response is I imagine there's at least a faction of listeners, and I certainly in the past have been the same as you, the, the skeptic who would hear people talk about connection to God or universe or source and roll mm. my eyes and they would lose me. And I was pretty hardcore materialist, meaning mm. if I can't see it or sense it in my quote unquote real senses the five human senses Mm -hmm. it's not here i wouldn't energy would have lost me and i'm i'm curious in the last year what if anything made you more open to that type of experience what what dropped the guard if you will
1: yeah sure so i i've been doing a lot of studying around how the subconscious mind works a lot of it through bob proctor Mm -hmm. and his work and my goodness it's it's beautiful how he's able to explain it. But essentially, Bob Proctor's work comes from studying the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And I've read that book and I've read it many times, but I I never really resonated with it. And now when i doing the work through Bob Proctor, reading the book, I'm like, I get it. And understanding that all these successful people. So for the listeners who don't know about Think and Grow Rich, it was written back in the 1930s by an author called Napoleon Hill, it took him 25 years to write. He interviewed 500 of the most wealthy individuals of that era. So Henry Ford and all the all the heavy hitters. And then he condensed it into like 11 principles and understanding how the subconscious mind works. So when you talk about, we have our external faculties, you know, our, our senses, so hear, smell, see, taste, and touch. And you're right. We, we, we are born into this environment where we are, conditioned to think that's where we live from we live from these five senses if i can see it if i can hear it it's facts and it is but we have these mental faculties that we're given that they're part of us and culture doesn't really promote these so we have intuition we have reason will perception um, imagination all of these different skills that we all kind of use but we don't really see them as you know viable things and when you look at all of these individuals from the book who became exceedingly wealthy etc they all tapped into these mental faculties so they used their imagination to visualize they tapped into their intuition what's their inner guidance system saying which you could argue is divine source prana chi etc so when i started to study that and to be like right these guys made it for a reason what were they doing and they were tapping into these this these energies these skill sets i started to think okay maybe there's something to it but i still didn't believe it i was like okay right get it but i I don't really know and then as i along with the cleansing which i think was a big part of it i I started those skills intuition start to really start to come out and i think you there's you have to get past the conditioning that we're all given because we all live in this culture where we're conditioned, whether we realize it or not. And when I started to allow in these skills to take place, so when you think about intuition and you get a gut feeling or you see a sign or random events, when you allow, and what I mean allow as an accept, that could be a message because you know the logical mind wants to be like, oh yeah, that, that thing just happened. Whereas if we use the mental faculty, the mental faculties, we can say, is that a sign? Is that guidance? Now, even as I'm saying this, some of the listeners will be like, "Oh my goodness, I've lost it. <laughs> this guy's going mental." But again, it's and I used to be there, but now it's so evident to me that there's value in this side of things, and I've seen so many things happen to me. I'm like, no, 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 this this is relevant, and now. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to allow that in. Whereas I think we're conditioned to be like, oh, that's some woo-woo crap. and my like, voodoo people do it. And they, you know, even when we think about like Indian tribes and all these different tribes doing all these different things towards a God, like we would be like, oh yeah, well they were just, you know, primitive people doing that thing. No, no, no. They They, they worked out what that was and they were tapping into it in their own way. And even though they had a different God or whatever, they were tapping into that that energy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's that's kind of where it all started. And, and it, it didn't, it wasn't like an overnight thing, like, oh my God, I believe it. It was, I understood the concepts through repetition. I was learning, and then I started to just really sit with them and apply them. And it, my, my, my thoughts slowly just evolved over the year. To now I'm like, yeah, I get it. I I, I see it. And now I'm really into manifestation which again is another topic where it's like is a bit woo woo but again if you understand energies and how it all works you know a lot of a lot of all the successful people in the world all the guys that are super successful if you ask them all, all the on my podcast all like the heavy hitters i have in my show as soon as i mention manifestation they just go off on one because mm. they all tap into it but they don't talk about it but i guarantee everyone that's successful taps into it final thing before i uh, i stop stop going on i interviewed a guy called eric admirez a canadian guy mm-hmm. for me one of the best public speakers in the world mm-hmm. he's associated with mind valley he has a company called wildfit blew me away and i i just dropped in the manifestation i said hey like what's your thoughts on and, and he basically said when i wanted to get into public speaking i wrote on a wall i want to collaborate with tony robbins jack canfield and Harvey TXer, and within three months, he'd collaborated with all of because <laughs> he just wrote it down, and he, he, he put his energy, and, and I was like, and it's lit, it lit him up, so honestly, I really feel all of those tools, no one, I think super successful people, they tap into it, but they may not consciously know they do it, or they know they're doing it, but they're just going to keep it to themselves, because you know what, culture doesn't really accept that sort of stuff, So yeah, there we go.
0: So I have an armchair theory over here, Adam, you ready for it? Yes. I really believe and it seems like it's parallel between us that when someone takes control of their health and and does maybe more of the practical and pragmatic things like eating a really clean diet, working out, meditating, there's lots of science that substantiates and supports these things. And I don't think there's many skeptics in the world who would say that food has no impact on your health. And Mm -hmm. my my armchair theory is that when someone starts to take control of those elements of their life, there's an evolution, a natural evolution that happens into, I, I guess I would say your body becomes a vessel that is more open to the energy of the universe. And that is a thing that I would have rolled my eyes at also, but it's anecdotally and experientially feels really true to me that if I were eating junk food and not taking care of my body, I would just be less, I'd be more constricted and less open to other possibilities. So I I say all this because I think, I I guess the question that I have at the end of this is what did the, you you mentioned cleansing and detox and Mm -hmm. Part of my armchair theory would be that that just opened you to become a vessel that is more connected with the energy of the universe. So, what did that cleanse and detox look like for you?
1: Yeah, no, great question. And and just to touch on your point, for me, it all comes down to frequency, right? We're all, yeah, everything's frequency. There's a really good Tesla quote. And it was like, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think energy, vibration, and frequency. So when we think about junk food, low frequency, you know, certain emotions, fear, guilt, shame, low frequency. So when you start putting in good food, high frequency, thinking good thoughts, high frequency, you know, being around good good people, high frequency, that when that frequency is increased, yeah, everything changes, right? So detoxing. So for those who may have heard my show, a big part of it is health. Because really, health, if you don't have health, what, what do you have? So I'm really big into health. And I and I also acknowledge that as a culture, especially US, UK, we're sicker than ever. You know, obesity rates through the roof. So my, my job is, along with the personal development side of things, I, I want to educate people because there's so much information that doesn't get to the masses. And again, you know, it's about getting the right information to the right people. And, you know, so certain concepts you will never hear on the mainstream. For example, seed oil. So you have it over in America, canola oil. Absolute like toxic as hell. But not a lot of people know about it, right? So it's about getting that message out and, and spreading it to people that may want to level up. So I'm always proactively thinking. How can I be healthier? How can I be the best version of myself? And if something works for me, I'm the first to let my listeners know. I'm like, this is big. So I'm always looking at ways to improve health. And the big shift for me last year was even in the holistic world, right, which I'm very much into. And, you know, I'm into saunas and cold baths and all all the stuff. I do all this and I love it supplements as well but i realized that is still tapping into the the medical industrial complex of a pill for every ill it may not be a pharmaceutical but it's still what's the latest this or the latest that and and i'll be honest i've ridden that wave and i've loved it oh the new supplement and you know and i thought to myself well the reality is that wasn't a thing even 100 years ago that you know i'm sure there were supplements 100 years ago but i thought this is quite a new concept. So, really, could it be something else? And but I also acknowledge that we're living in a world that is a lot more toxic than it was, you know, even 20 years ago. Toxicity like electromagnetic fields, which again isn't talked about, canola, glyphosate, chemicals, pesticides, herbicides, all of this stuff, we're, we're not moving as much, we're not getting as much natural light. I mean, there's so much that has taken us away from our natural environment. But the shift for me was maybe it's not about what I consume and what I put in. So obviously healthy food and supplements. Could it be what I release and let go of? So I was intrigued. And I came across some work. There's a, there's a there's a really good book by an author called Andreas Moritz, and it's called The Amazing Liver and Gallbladder Flush. And I'd heard about it, and actually I did one years ago. But at the time when I read the book, this this guy Andreas Moritz was like kind of vegan central, which I don't really resonate with. Doesn't work for me. I'm more of a animal based eater with plants, with ferments, all of that sort of stuff. I, I, actually, I'd say Western a price style or Gap style is my kind of dietary habits. Anyway, I I came across it and I thought this this is resonating with me, and could it be about releasing toxicity that's built up? In the liver, in the in the colon, etc. So I started on that journey, and it has been nothing short of transformational. What has occurred to me um, over the last year? So I did a, a liver flush, and I'll jump into what that is shortly. But I've also started doing. I did a intestinal cleanse by a company called zen cleanse and they do enzyme based detoxes so much so that i've i've interviewed them on my show it's not released yet but will, by the time this gets released it'll be out and i've I, essentially what has that resulted in i've released a lot of gallstones from the liver and i've also released a lot of mucoid plaque from my intestine as a result as you decongest your body, essentially the body can assimilate nutrients better. It basically functions better because all of that is toxicity, which to my knowledge, I don't think you'd ever get out of the body with just taking a supplement. Because I just don't see how these things would just dissolve and make their way out. And essentially they are toxins stored over time and they're toxins that our body from a biological perspective doesn't recognize because it's like chemicals and all these different chemical combinations that we've never had to deal with so under undertaking that it was a a beautiful shift so i'll give you some some headlines a it kind of got me more spiritual or you know really drove that thought process but it's things like my gray hair disappeared wow as in reverse uh, I mean, as in literally reversed so I I you can see I've got a big set of hair I was getting grays coming in they've all they've all literally reversed
0: <laughs> which amazing.
1: is that in itself if you think about that concept in itself reversing gray hair people will would pay millions of that millions of pounds for that or they' dye their hair or god no, to reverse my hair my hair's thicker. More energy, better digestion. Oh, wow, can put can put muscle on, better sleep. better. Like it, it, it's just across the board. When your liver is functioning at a higher level, everything works better. So that was such a big transformation, and and so much so, I'm I'm still doing like one liver flush a week. I'm still just charging it, and, and I'm still releasing toxins from that experience so again that was transformational and, and I've, I've had for one
0: second and then i want to let you keep yes, going yes 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 what what does it look like when you are doing that uh, are you taking anything are you are you just not are you consuming less like what what is the process mm-hmm. of cleansing look like for your liver
1: yeah sure so the, the liver flush is a process that was written by andreas maritz and there were some other people like holder clark And Dr. Ken Sutter, who have their own variations, but essentially, what you're doing is you are purging the liver. The liver essentially, what's its job? It does a lot of stuff, it does over 500 different processes in the body. But one of the big things that it does is it it creates bile and it releases bile into the small intestine to digest fats. And there's a lot of, there's a real strong correlation between bile flow and overall health. Mm -hmm. So when you think about people with stomach issues or low stomach acid, they'll take an antiacid, right, which really is the exact opposite. When you've got low stomach acid in the allopathic sense, you actually have too little and the, the valve gets malfunctions and you have too little stomach acid. So people in the natural world will take apple cider vinegar or they might take uh, a digestive enzyme or whatever it may be. But while you're getting low stomach acid, you're getting low stomach acid because the body sees there's less bile flow and has to balance it out. So the, the body intuitively knows. So bile flow is so important. And that comes from the liver. Now, as we live our lives and we have a buildup of toxicity, depending on genetically, can you detox well, depending on where you live, depending on your lifestyle, how much toxicity you're exposed to you will be you'll come into contact with certain chemicals that the is like i don't know what to do with this so what it does is it, it stores those chemicals in bile salts and wrapped or, or cholesterol and it, it forms a stone around the toxicity to protect the body and that sits in the liver so over time you'll get these stones build up in your liver and they will congest the liver because now the bile flow can't flow as well and there's this congestion so that's So in everyone's livers, they have gallstones, even though, yes, we have a gallbladder, which is below the liver and that stores the bile. So people think gallstones in the gallbladder. Correct. But also we have a lot in the liver. Um, So that's the premise. And if you release these stones, then the liver can do its job. So how do we release these stones? So there's a protocol. And the gist of it is you would drink a concoction of lemon juice and olive oil together in one go you prepare as well you prepare in the week and you wouldn't eat any you wouldn't eat a fatty meal 12 hours before so your lunch would be like just pure carbohydrate lunch and you would take epsom salt to relax your bile duct so the stones could pass through but basically if you're doing a nighttime flush as you go to bed you shake up this lemon juice and olive oil you you I, i drink it for a straw because i couldn't imagine just drinking it down (laughs) and that triggers the liver to release bile in a very forceful manner all at once never painful it's important to acknowledge that it's not a painful process but it's like a a rush of bile releasing and with that force or, or that kind of dramatic force of release from the liver it pulls these stones with it so um you would drink the concoction you'd lie down and then you all you'll hear is like the liver gurgling and you know the odd sensation and basically the liver's releasing bile to break up the oil but also the lemon juice is the or the citric acid you're gonna have grapefruit juice that that's a bitter that triggers a good release so you you lie down you drink the concoction and it will release stones and then the next morning you would have an evacuation and these little green stones come out and it's it's it is it's fascinating it really is um and yeah you do that and then some people feel amazing the day of a flush um depends on how people who have chronic health issues which i don't have or did have they might feel a bit bit bad the next day because it's a detox process but the more you do the better you get and i interviewed a liver flush coach called elizabeth wells at my podcast and she's done over a hundred and she's reversed all of her chronic conditions that she's had and she she's she was sick from when she was a little girl like always been sick so you hear some miraculous healings from just focusing on the liver so that's the process and um Again, the book would say do it every three weeks to six weeks. But again, when you're part of different communities, you're you're playing around with things. So I'm actually doing one a week at the moment because I'm just like, I feel good doing it. And, you know, I don't feel bad from it and, I, and I'm healthy. So I'm just full steam ahead. Mm-hmm. But some people, most people would do it every, you know, three weeks, two weeks or once a month. But I'm just into a good rhythm where I'm doing it weekly, so that's the gist of it, and it, it has been transformational.
0: What What are the very quickly the the specifics on? And I don't know if the book is prescriptive and and gives you know no matter what your health is, this is the amount of lemon juice, this is the amount of olive oil you take. But I what is it just in in your case? I'm sure that'll be a helpful proxy for anyone who might be interested. Yeah. In this. no, it's it, the book
1: is very prescriptive. It's okay. Do this to the, the letter mm-hmm. and anyone can do it. So I think it is, I think six ounces, I do ounces, I do milliliters in, in the UK, but six <laughs> ounces of freshly squeezed lemon juice or grapefruit juice and six ounces of olive oil. Mm. Or it could be another oil. It could be you know another healthy oil. Healthy oil. But I, I, I personally do freshly squeezed lemon juice, freshly or organic olive oil and then you would have to prior to that to release to to relax the bile ducts so you get a good uh exit uh you'd have epsom salts and you would take one at 6 p.m one at 8 p.m and then the next morning six in the morning eight in the morning and i think that is I think 60 grams of Epsom salt in. I think it's a liter of water, and then you obviously divide that by four. Mm. So yeah, very the the great book, definitely, and and it it talks about overall health as well. It's not just on this liver flush, but and and if you just YouTube it, there's loads of people with their liver flush experience. Like it's not like this random thing that no one's like it within the health circle. I knew, as I said, I knew about it years ago. But I was like, oh, my God, it's a lot of, you know, I don't want to because this guy was vegan focused. And that, that's not me. And when I heard you don't know, you can just eat healthy, eat a healthy diet and still do it. And I was like, oh, OK, this work. I could do that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been transformational. And I continue to do it. I'm just going to keep rolling with it until uh, at some point you release and you've cleaned your liver out. Um, but I'm now. I think 34 in and I'm still releasing stones. Yeah. So then you got to think, my goodness, when were, when was that stone formed? Mm-hmm. It you know, and and weirdly, with the flushes, you have emotion like you can release emotion, and a, a lot of the the women I know doing the flushes, they have quite emotional releases. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that, but I get really random memories of like childhood memories or mem- like it, yeah. again, it's hard to describe but You're releasing energy mm-hmm. and emotion from the body because you could say those stones have certain energies or memories in them so i have really random memories or, or dreams whilst i'm which is crazy in itself like i, I you i remember like random experiences when i was a kid or something like that mm.
0: so yeah yeah so something something that you touched on a, a few minutes back that i want to underscore and it'll, it'll lead into you actually really teed up where I wanted to go with this next question, but something I want to underscore is that culturally, again, in in the United States and in the UK, it, it certainly seems the case that a lot of times when there is a challenge or a problem that we want to solve, especially medically, we look at it from a, like, what can I do lens or like, what can I take? And instead of getting under, this is something we spoke about in the first conversation we had, identifying root cause. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times, instead of looking for the supplement or the right food that I need to add, it it can be helpful to just remove. Elimination diets are extremely helpful in a lot of cases. And this is all a lead into the question I have about letting go. And I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if you if you look back on 2022, is there anything else that you let go of or any other reflections you have by way of? this is a way that I used to be, or this is a thing I used to do that is no longer serving me.
1: Yeah. So going back to the whole mindset thing, right. I, I now I I let go in terms of, I can't control every situation and it's not in my hands. It's in God's hands or divine's hands, or it, it, it is what it is. And just have faith that it will work out. So that's a that's a process of letting go, as in what will be will be, what will happen will happen. I cannot control every variable and it's okay. You know, that's been that's been one for me. Because actually I I interviewed a guy called David Nurse, he's in the States, he's like an MBA coach guy. Written some great books, definitely check him out. And he's a religious guy. And I remember him talking about faith and he's, you know, he's like faith in God. Everything's in God's hands. It's all good. It's all covered. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, oh, that's such a lovely concept. Like I don't believe in God, but it's a lovely concept that you just everything's on him and you just got to crack on and do what you need to do. And I was like, that's a lovely, comforting way to view it. But at the time I was like, but that's what he thinks. Whereas now I think that, but not in the lens of I worship a God who's a white guy with a beard up in, in the sky. <laughs> I acknowledge there's an energy and I have faith that it's all going to work out. And the, like, call it the universe, the universe has your back and it's going to work out. So I've learned to let go of trying to control and mitigate things. So sometimes you just got to let, let it roll. So that that's probably been the biggest thing I've I've let go of this year just just allowing so you could call it letting go or just allowing things to unfold Mm -hmm. if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah it's uh really not holding on to control because there's Mm. (laughs) there's so much that's not in our control and Mm -hmm. I think all of us as humans have a challenging relationship with control which is one Mm. of the sneaky shadows of the biohacking community in my estimation is that Mm. There's so many wonderful tools that we can use to take control of our health and and yet and even even so there's there's just so much that it's not in our control there isn't an amount of red light therapy and going to a sauna and cold plunging and optimizing your diet and exercising and sleeping well that can control for all of the other mysterious forces of life and and that's what I'm yeah. That's really what I'm hearing in in your response there, which is something. Yeah, to. And,
1: and and with that community, I think there's a lot of good, but also there's a lot of addictive, compulsive behaviors of I've got to take X amount. Of, and I, dude, I was there, so I I know. I I was at one point. I was doing. I weirdly looked through. I, I I've just upgraded my phone. So I, I I I rocked an iPhone eight for God knows how long, and I've just <laughs> got a new phone, and. I love just going. It's it's memory lane, going through old photos, right? And I've had this phone for like seven, no, six years, and I I've, I I look back at like five years ago and all the pictures I was taking, of all the, my my supplements stack, and I was literally doing fifteen supplements a day, and now I do none, <laughs> you know. And it's and it's it and, and it's a journey, but it's it's interesting. the 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 concept of biohacking is great because it's about health. It's about taking responsibility but you can overdo it and I certainly did and I'm not I think supplements 100% have their place 100% and I, and I would say I would take supplements like cod liver oil or desiccated liver so I'm not adverse to it at all when I think they have their time and place methylene blue another great supplement but yeah it, it, there can be extremes and I am I can be that sort of character so I would definitely was down that and I, so again I was going through my phone I was like oh my goodness look what I used to take you know But it has a lot of value, that community, because, it, you know, if you can tap in and and leverage these tools like red light or, you know, cold plunges or intermittent fasting, you know, I I definitely. So what's interesting, I definitely overindulged this Christmas. Mm -hmm. My wife's parents came over. They're Italian. So we had an Italian Christmas and we I just kicked back. I was eating carbohydrates and just indulging and I loved it. And I and I. I put on a, a fair bit of weight, which I was okay with, because I thought I've got all of these tools that I know. Mm-hmm. As soon as I turn them on, I'll transform quickly. And with five days in, I've lost six pounds already just doing this. So what have I done? I have cold showers every morning. I am now intermittent fasting. I'm doing a bit of hit training. I have removed all the crap out of my diet. I'm doing a, I'm doing a more ketogenic type diet. I will do carb refeeds. All of these little tools that I've learned over the years that you can tap into when you want to. They're not things that you have to do all the time, and I certainly don't. But I know, no problem. I can as soon as I, I just, I can just turn on all these different tools I've learned, and I, I just love the transformation. So I even I just went so big at Christmas, just eating pizza and God knows what. Yeah, I'm off on my honeymoon to Barbados uh, at the end of this month. So I'm like, I said to my wife, I said, said, watch this transformation in 30 days. Mm -hmm. So I'm now just, again, I'm just focused and I'm just going for it. But again, I I learn all of this from that community, which is is beautiful.
0: Mm. There's another conditioning that I have my finger on right now that I, I would love to unpack with you there's a way that I think there's a conditioning that I sometimes have where letting go or that these things that we're talking about are some destination that we arrive at and not a practice Mm. that we oscillate, right? Like, oh, Adam has figured out his spiritual life. He's graduated from being triggered and reactive to things. And I don't think I know a single person who doesn't slip back into old habits from time to time. And I would be curious if we could run a rep through, I I would be happy to share on, on my ends too, because there's a million things that I react to and get triggered by and that I'm not my best. So does that like, what is, what does it look like for yourself or is there a particular point that is thorny for you that, that Mm -hmm. makes you more reactive? And what does the process look like for you when that does happen?
1: Yeah, yeah. So going back to this whole mindset work I've been doing, a lot of what we would deem our imperfections are down to our self-image. So we've got the image that we project to the world. So right now I'm projecting, oh, this English guy is so confident he can talk, blah, blah, blah. That's the image I'm projecting. But then I have how I think about myself when I'm alone and my insecurities and my beliefs, et cetera. And that's really what's important, right? Because that's what is the difference between you growing and you not growing. So your self-image is everything. And again, you can change your self-image. There's a great book by a guy called Maxwell Maltz and it's called Psychocybernetics. And this guy was a plastic surgeon and he realized that people would have plastic surgery on their nose and it would change their self-image. But some people had plastic surgery and nothing changed. And he postulated that how we feel about ourselves is based on our self-image and you can rewrite your self-image if you so choose. And you can do that by again, tapping into the subconscious mind. So I've been doing a lot of that because I definitely have limiting beliefs. We all do. And it's about calling it out and you know trying to work on it and rewriting the story. There's the work of Bruce Lipton, and he talks about there are many tribes that say, give me the boy and I'll show you the man. So basically the first seven years of your life is where you basically get the download. You don't have the conscious faculty. You just have your subconscious and you're just downloading, 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 and that makes the man, right? And I thought that's so interesting. And I don't know if you ever see – I don't know if you ever get this, you know, like you, you'll you'll see a, a colleague or a friend and you'll, and you'll meet their parents and you can be like, yeah, I get it. I, I can even mannerisms <laughs> and some of that will be genetic. But a lot of it is your friend has downloaded the behaviours and beliefs from the parent. So you're not it's not like you get to choose your beliefs. You, you get given them. Right. And you get given them from family, from culture. So just imagine, Mike, if, if you're a baby that they grabbed you and then just dropped you in China right? You'd learn Chinese and you'd, you'd have Chinese beliefs and you'd be as, you know, your environment would sculpt you. And so again, a lot of this belief stuff I've really been reflecting on. So for me, it's been things like belief around, around money, you know, and, and I've always had a good belief around it, but I'm like, well, I want to get to the next level now. So I need to start to rewire that. And actually money is an energy and, you know, I shouldn't need to hold on to it. Just let it go. Let that energy go, and it'll come back. So things like that. So, and it's always a work in progress. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be like, hey, I've, I've sorted out all my living beliefs. Not a chance. And and as you keep elevating, you'll have other ones, right? So as say, you know, you see famous people that uh, say, say for example, you see someone that's on Instagram. They've got like five hundred thousand followers. They get to that level. And then it's like, oh my goodness, there's people that have five million followers, and oh my god, and and they'll have to go through more barriers of of self image and belief. Whereas you know you might have someone with fifty thousand followers that like looking up at the person with five hundred thousand, like oh my god, those it's got it all sorted. So we're we're, all, we're always growing and evolving. So yeah, there's there's many areas, man. But I think it just depends on there will be some people that will never even acknowledge this concept and they 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 will kind of grow and evolve but they won't be able to put theory on it and be like it's this you know they they just go through life and they're not into the personal development game Mm -hmm. i think through the work that i've done it's given everything a lens and a focus to be like okay this this is self-image or you know this is programming of the mind through this you know the programming of the subconscious before you were seven years old and but so now when i and even when i coach my clients I now have a, a really good reference point when people are struggling because one of the main things that people struggle with from my coaching practice is the belief within themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes, and we all have that, I feel, but sometimes people will go off the belief that someone else has in them, right? So sometimes they'll be like, I, I don't believe I can do it. And if I say, dude, I, I know you can do it. They'll they'll hang on that belief first to get them to mm-hmm. you know, where they want to get to. So, yeah, there's there's many areas, man. There's many areas. And I think we're, we're all constantly evolving. And, you know, I'm definitely of the mindset of I, I'll, I'll keep addressing them and, and looking at them. And with anything, there's no – I think the thing that what I've worked out with this whole mindset or how the mind works, there's no overnight fix. There's no, like, no. do this 10-week program and then all of a sudden – no, it's like <laughs> you, you've got to be the, – the mind works through time-spaced repetition. So when you look at how does the mainstream media work, they the mainstream media have worked out to the T how the, the human psyche works. It's basic concepts repeated over and over and over. So, you know, if I asked you presidential races, previous president sayings or their slogans, you can read them off, right? You just know that because they'll say it over and over and over easy digestible concepts so they they know how the mind works and they know how to get things into your brain into the subconscious and it's the same for and you can call them paradigms right beliefs paradigms it's the same for us we have certain beliefs that we've had imprinted on us over and over and over so your name is mike but if you were called tom over and over and over and over you think your name was tom right that's it's just repetition so understanding that concept if you want to change a belief it's not it's done in like a quick program it's no it's decide what you want to believe and what you want to focus on and what you want to be and then it's repetition 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 yeah yeah so it's it's yeah it's been a definite eye-opener this year studying the minds and I'm, i'm no expert i'm just i'm learning every day i'm always studying but understanding how things go in your heads and how you can change beliefs, I think is, is great. It's been great for my coaching practice as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have, it's a two part question, beliefs that were programmed. So you, you named that the most show me, uh, how did you say, show me the boy and I'll show you the man. essentially when you're in your most formative years, when you're age, just born to about seven is when a lot of your belief system is imprinted, right? So it really matters what your nuclear family, how they project onto you and what your environment is like. I'm wondering if in those formative years, are there any beliefs that you are wanting to let go of? It could even be beliefs that you're really grateful for that your parents held for you. And the second part of the question is, do you have any, what are the beliefs that you if not affirmations, the beliefs that you're repeating to yourself over and over and over again, such that mm. you want to just be in your, you're not convincing yourself, you know, a prosperous, mm. wealthy, confident, whatever it is, yeah. that it just, it just is your way of being.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's really interesting is, um, through my journey and, and just how my mind works, having a podcast, being a coach, I'm learning all the time and then I'm taking action and i'm talking about it and i'm interviewing people and over time my beliefs on things change and then when i go back to family or to old friends and we're having conversations i'm like oh you think that Oh, i used to think that and i realized wow that's it in action my belief on a thing has changed so one of the big things is and this is a real shift. And again, I think some of your listeners will be like, I don't resonate with that. And some will. But hand on heart, I would never go to a doctor ever again. Like ever. Because I don't think I'd ever need to go. Don't get me wrong. Crisis therapy, i break an arm or something. I need stitching up 100%. I think in the Western world, we are experts at that. But everything else with the knowledge I have at this point, I just don't think I'd ever go. I don't see why I would go to a doctor to heal because I don't believe in that model of health. So I go to my friends and my family and they're like, that's all they're about. And that's what I was about. Right. But I've gone on a journey and my beliefs have changed. So that's a huge shift. I was like, wow, my goodness. Like, so, so I, I, I kind of, you know, we talked about liver flushing You would never go to your doctor, you know, GP, general practitioner. They'd never recommend that, ever. And the reason is, is because it doesn't form part of the pharmaceutical system, you know, big pharma, et cetera, because you can't make money selling olive oil and lemon juice, right? So I, as a kid, would believe the doctor, you know, the the doctor knows best. They're like this prestigious character in our society, and I'm not in any way. I think they have their place, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that they're of no value. I'm not saying that at all. But for me, I just wouldn't go there anymore because I'm like, I've done enough. I have enough understanding to be like, I don't really see why I would need to. Mm-hmm. And that's a belief I now have, which is huge because a lot of my friends and family wouldn't think like that. What is interest? What would? Be, what is going to be interesting? And I don't think I've told you this. My wife is expecting. So I'm I'm due to be a father in June. And I, and I was talking to my wife and I was saying, hey, listen, my belief is I'll never need to go to the doctor. But when my child gets sick, my my default is doctor, you know, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic. And how how am I going to react to that? So we're already starting to look at, OK, well, how would we want to treat our child? We want to have, you know you know have a homeopath or so we're exploring that now and so i'm not going to say i wouldn't take my kids to the doctor i'm not saying that at all but again it's like well if i feel that about myself how do i feel so again that's something that i'm working through i don't know the answer but again that's a belief that very much you know has changed and it was you don't even know it's happening because you keep again repetition different concepts different concepts going in understanding understanding then all of a sudden have a conversation with someone that I haven't seen in six months and I'm like, Oh, right. We think differently. And that's, that's when you know, Oh wow. It does go in. It does happen. What was your second question? I, 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 kind of went on a tangent there.
0: Yeah. The second part of it, I, I was really curious about beliefs that you inherited that your lingo of, which you address one of mm-hmm. them, maybe that the medical establishment is the, the voice of authority. And I implicitly believe that they know everything, about everything more than I do, right? Like, that's mm. that's maybe, that's an exaggerated Western belief yeah. that you named, you let go of. On the other side of that, what would be some beliefs that you're inviting in or that maybe are on your edge, they don't feel true right now, but that your ideal Adam would believe to be true?
1: Oh, man. Again, there's there's loads, isn't there? There's loads of, of limiting beliefs that we all have. I would say... Again, I'm I'm trying to get to the next level in my coaching business. And, you know, I think there's always beliefs or glass ceilings on getting to the next level and it, it's, it's a growth experience. So there's there's that there. I also think, okay, what, what, what will I be like being a dad? And that'll be interesting. And how am I going to be as a father? And that's, I wouldn't say that's any limiting beliefs. It's just like, well, I want to be a really good dad. So how, how does that look like? And, you know, I don't want to parent. You you always hear kids hear the word no more than they hear yes. Like thousands of times they hear no. So can I parent differently? Can I change? Cause I think, again, a lot of people unconsciously parent because they just do what, what was done to them. So I'm now thinking, right, can I, what new beliefs do I want to install on being a parent? How I, and there's loads of different parenting styles that you can read about like you know, you don't discipline them. You, you ask them how they how they feel and you don't, pun- like, because I think when a, when a kid does wrong and then the, the parent punishes them, the kid feels isolated and disconnected and wants to reconvene with the parents. So it's like, well, how can you not let them lose, feel that connection is lost, but get them to acknowledge that they've done wrong and how they're feeling? So like there's all these different styles. But again, I haven't looked into it too much. But again, it's like, right, okay, is that a belief? I should address as well so there's loads there and i i just think it's it's whatever's really resonating for the individual at the time so at the moment i'm really thinking about parenting i'm like right okay i don't want to unconsciously walk into this i want to really be like how do i want to do it what would be a great way you know but you know you'll do it and you'll learn loads of lessons and then you come to your second kid and you're like right we're not doing this but it's, yeah. it's similar i i had my uh my home renovated my home took a year and I asked for loads of advice from friends that had done house renovations and it, it was all helpful, but now I've done it. I'm like, right, if I was to do it again, i would do it. I'd spend so much less money and I'd be doing half the time because I now know and it'll be the same with a kid, You know, you, you yes. do all this research, you'll prep and then you'll learn all the lessons and then like, right, next kid, I know exactly what we're doing now, you know? mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, there's no amount of studying and openness and any of that that makes us infallible. We're, we're all, it's part of the tax of being a human, I suppose. Yeah. I I want to drop in a personal example for, for myself because I think mm. it can be helpful. I, I know that in my circles, and it, it seems like it's more than just my circles, it seems like it's pretty much a part of the cultural fabric that it requires really hard work, like you have to grind through something to be successful. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, that's, that's, I would say the opposite belief, or there's a question that I meditate on sometimes, what would this look like if it were easy? Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, what would what would sure. success look like if it were really easy that I don't need to be grinding or putting in an extreme amount of hours, or And even if I were to drill that down more, what does success mean to me is another question that I meditate on, mm-hmm. because that is another thing that is handed to us by our family, by movies, by culture. We see success portrayed in not a high variety of ways. If you if you watch different shows yeah. or movies or, and respond to just what culture is putting out there. And it's one that I have a tough time with because in some ways i have the limiting belief around man my coaching practice and my podcast could be a lot bigger maybe it's maybe it's me i need to believe more about myself and and then sometimes when i'm really at peace and have equanimity it's i'm great like this is what success looks like to me right now i have good flexibility in my life i i'm making an impact that's not I'm, you know, I'm not working that hard to be frank. (laughs) I have Mm -hmm. lots of free time for myself and am I willing to work harder? These are all Mm -hmm. questions that I'm, that I'm asking myself constantly because it's easy to get lost in the, Oh, this says something about me that I am, I'm not successful because this Instagram person has 50,000 followers and I have 500 followers. What, you know, what does that say about me? And it's all, it's all really tricky to, to know like what's mine and what's, what's out there. What am I internalizing? That's not mine.
1: What I'd also say as well, when you think about limiting beliefs, weight loss, people think it's a struggle when it's a stuff, it's a sacrifice and yeah. you suffer. Yeah. suffer. And I can tell you, I, I've told you the stuff I'm doing. I've lost five or six pounds in a week effortlessly, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like li- honestly, effortlessly. And it, it's easy if you know how, if you know how the body works and look, everyone's different, so I understand how my body works. But there's certain principles you don't. We're told you got to sweat it out, and you got to suffer, and you got to restrict. Mm-hmm. Another one is childbirth. Like we're taught in the movies, it's painful, and you got to push, and it's it's they're screaming, and it's dangerous. Whereas you know that's that's been planted into our consciousness. Whereas it can be a beautiful experience. It can be an orgasmic experience. Like if you look at natural childbirth, it can be, depending on what you believe. But again, it's installed in us. It's scary. It's risky. But you know, hundred years ago, people were giving birth at home. Just had to get on with it. There's, there's many. And honestly, if you go on to the reason I'm saying this because obviously, me and the wife are in that part of our lives, but you wouldn't believe the stuff you see on Instagram that isn't censored of just like women naturally giving birth. You see everything. It's like, Oh my goodness. But again, that there's a, there's a community of natural birth givers. And again, a different paradigm. When you talk about, you know, I'm here and in some Instagram guys are higher with, with users. When we think about manifestation and, and uh, getting what you like, we talked about earlier, it's all about frequency, right? And, you know, you have low energy emotions like guilt shame fear which really the mainstream media love to pump out every single day right but then you get the higher emotions so everything's frequency and when we think about manifestation or getting what you want you've got say the thing you want is on a frequency right and you're on a current frequency and once you get to that frequency or that awareness you get the thing and what's interesting you don't get what you want you get what you are so when you start vibrating on that frequency and acting as if and imagining it is mm-hmm. that's when you start to let increase your frequency and you you start to get mm-hmm. the thing and things start to come into your world and again we're going back into woo-woo land again but if you start yeah. to you know use your imagination you do visualizations and you start to think on a higher frequency you start to act as though you are and you have or i am random events start happening You're like what the hell How did this really Does this just come out that-? and again you could be like oh it's is luck or you could be oh it's the universe it depends on where you sit on your belief spectrum and as i said i've made that massive shift where i'm now like it's the universe whereas before i would have been like that's a bit random you know so again it's yeah and, and i'm learning all that sort of stuff as well it's all i'm evolving into that area and it's fascinating but yeah, it's about getting on the right frequency, I think, with these Mm -hmm. things and thinking and feeling in a certain way. And then you start to resonate with people because it's like, you know, you go into a room, there's a high energy individual, you resonate to the person. Yes. And then you go into a room, someone's like miserable. You're like, Oh, my goodness, I need to get away. (laughs) You know, so everything, uh, everything is frequency, I feel.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, because I actually made a note to myself at one point to, to say this, but I think even the biggest skeptic in the room would be open to the statement. There's something about the energy of that person, or there Mm -hmm. there was an energy in that room. We've all said things like there was a lot of love in that room, or there was it was really tense in there. It's all it's all a perception, an energetic experience that isn't that it's not something that we can an otherwise really you know rational pragmatic person would be you know can write off to just science or newtonian physics or whatever other other you know type of thing that people would write off with but i'm, I'm curious It's, it's like it, just jump in it's like when yeah.
1: when you're in a room and you're talking to someone but you're just not vibing with them because you're picking up on their energy picking up on they might be low energy like like the the actual script of what they're saying and what you're saying it might be like oh, yeah, it looks like it was a lovely conversation but you just feel you're not feeling yeah. and there might be a bit there might be sometimes when you see people and you feel they're acting and you, you, you know, like, something's a bit off. I don't know. And that's (laughs) because you're not resonating. Whereas when you meet someone and you just, you just hit it off, you're like, Oh my God, we're talking and everything. We're just vibing. And that's because you're resonating. You're both on a similar frequency, you you know, and you're you're bringing each other up, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, and it, and it's, it's interesting. Like obviously we've only ever met via zoom, but if we were to meet in person, We'd hit another another level of, of of vibration because we'd be in each other's presence. We'd be, you know, we're we're radio transmitters. We're 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 emanating frequency all the time, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy, isn't it?
0: I don't know if you're familiar with Ed Milet and and his work, but he's. Yeah, yeah. When I first got into personal development, I I listened, I dabbled with his podcast a little bit, mm-hmm. and one of the things that he said that resonated most with me. to to use that word resonated is he, he basically said all of us are like walking thermostats. We all are at a certain temperature and we all emanate that temperature onto other people. So to use like the Instagram example, if you're uh, vibrating at a 500 follower level, and then there's you, you surround yourself with 5 million follower vibration, then you naturally are just going to be more like that person. It's, it's part of the human experience is that we take in our hmm. environment like that. That's why the saying, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with is such a popular saying. It's it's really true in a lot of ways. So 100%. if you, want, yeah, to, so, if you uh, want to raise your uh, vibration, uh, hang around other people that are vibrating a little
1: bit higher than you. 100%. <laughs> uh, and I love Ed Milet's work. And um, yeah, he he he's obviously explaining frequency in his own way, right? Thermostat. I don't know if you've heard of Peter Sage. He's a great English guy, worked under Tony Robbins for 15 years. Check his work out. Yeah. And he said a really great thing. He said, if you hang out with nine drunks, you'll become the 10th drunk. Mm-hmm. And you could say, vice versa, you hang out with nine millionaires, you will become the 10th, you know. So it's it's true. It's the environment that you're you surround yourself with. And in those environments, there's certain frequencies, right? Like if you're hanging out with a load of, you know, boozers, you're going to pick up that vibe and you're going to be like, oh, okay, cool. We'll have a couple of shots. or you know, it's it's just, it, it's such a big thing. Just the people you associate with, people you hang around with, the energies you pick up mm-hmm. from people. Um, and again, you could put it on the whole, you know, esoteric woo-woo side of things, but, you know, we, we can all resonate with that in a way and you can't you can't say it's hard for the western kind of lens to explain that it's just like no no, no i get it it's just you know you just feel the energy of the individual
0: are there any ways that you or practices you have that help you get in touch with your intuition like i've heard for an example there are some people i look up to who will actually create a dialogue of sorts like they will take out their journal and mm-hmm. say hi universe it's mike here Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious about or I'm wanting XYZ and then they will allow the universe like we're, we're going all the way there with woo because I'm I'm totally yeah open to yeah this. man let's, let's jump right in. yeah so that's that's one example is there is there a way mm-hmm. like journaling practices or any ways that you get more yeah. in touch with your intuition or have conversations mm-hmm. with the universe?
1: Yeah yeah there's a really good book called Ask and it is given by mm-hmm. Escher and Jerry Hicks. Amazing book. And there's loads of little, not little, loads of different games and processes you can do to tap into it. And one of them is like writing, writing down to the universe. And so there's loads of things. So what I do personally, again, we want to be on a high frequency. So if we're feeling good and feel like basically feeling good, because feeling is the subconscious, thinking is the conscious, feeling. How we feel as subconscious. So if I get into a bad funk and I'm angry, I stop myself. Cause you know you can go, you can spiral down and you can start to visualize, oh, I'd say this to that person, you know, and that's just low frequency thinking. So I catch myself, number one. Cause I think in we're kind of wired for that in a way, I feel. So catching yourself there, really focusing on appreciation as well. You can call it gratitude, but really, just appreciating the moment. So you're in your car, just appreciate. Oh wow, the roads are really clear today. Or, you know, oh, I'm loving it's cold outside and I've got heated seats in my car. Like, just that's just again increasing frequency, right? So the higher the frequency, the more connected you are to those events happening. Uh, visualization as well. Like, uh, there's a really good guy. His name's Mike Dooley amazing guy he he has a um a newsletter that's from the universe and yeah he's got a great podcast actually and again he he's great and he talks about how you've got you know thoughts become things and you've got to visualize and you've got to make it a daily practice and you know there's certain rules around manifestation so you've got to don't visualize you getting the result visualize yourself six months after the result you know and ritualize it, find a time and place, sit with it and you basically you're, you're tapping into the emotion of the thing and that's when you when you're tapping into the emotion that's when you're moving up the frequencies right which was hard for me at first like emotion I had to tap into emotion but, but it's a practice and you you, you get used to it and because I think it's easy for everyone to tap into negative negative emotions. That's easy. It's like oh I'm angry. Whereas to tap into like good emotions, it's, it's a practice. So I think for anyone that's resonating with what we're saying today and maybe looks at these books, don't be like, oh, I just can't do it. It's a practice and you've to got you to focus on it. But I think with anything daily, making it a ritual, um, always looking for the good in things, always, and again, a lot of this stuff I naturally do, but always, you know, always being positive and, and looking at the good side of things and always being uplifted. But also, as I said, just the visualization part, know where you want to go. Because then the brains, with, with the subconscious minds, it's like fertile soil and whatever you plant will grow. So if you plant a bad thought, that will grow. Mm-hmm. Again, mainstream media, they'll plant a thought mm-hmm. through repetition and then it will grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can say, no, I actually, I, I will plant the, the thought myself. So whatever thought you want, you can plant it in the fertile soil that is your subconscious mind. And if by repetition, it will grow and grow and grow. So again, you've got to be like, right, okay, do I just take in from my five senses what's going on? Or do I say, do you know what? I'm going to decide what I take in. So the difference is, do I wake up in the morning, put on the news, listen to the radio and get the download of this war or this famine or this to be scared of or do i say i'm not going to listen to any of that and i will decide to listen to an uplifting podcast that gets me motivated same sort of thing you're just deciding what content you want to access for you um so a lot of us um, we we just take in what we see what we hear etc but when we think about reprogramming the subconscious mind or beliefs we just we we take the reins and we say no 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 i will I'm going to decide this is what I'm planting and this is what I'm going to nurture and grow. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Adam, is there, is there any other part of your healing journey that was, I believe the phrase that you used. to, to, to mm-hmm. 2022 seems like it was just a year of immense healing for you in, in a lot of ways. Was there, is there anything else around this that you want to invite into the conversation now? Yeah, just I, I realized when it comes
1: to health, because we live in such a toxic world now, depending on where you live in genetics, for me, detox is an active thing I'll always do now. I realize, and again, this is my belief, because I don't believe in the allopathic side of things, but every there's the law of cause and effect, right? A cause creates an effect. Now, when we think about the medical paradigm, they don't look at the cause, they just they they promote the effect all day. Oh well, there's obesity there's diabetes and there's dementia oh it is what it is take this pill there's no like well what what started it don't worry about what started it no no no. we don't have to worry how you got it but you got it so now you've got it this is the solution so when you go when you look at cause and effect is, is applicable to all walks of life but for some reason within our reality our environment that's never really a thing it's like yeah you'll get ill and when you do come to us and we'll medicate you so I realise. right, let's look at the cause, root cause. And what I believe most disease, diabetes, obesity, dementia, heart disease, its root cause is toxicity. Root cause. The body wants to be in homeostasis when things are blocked up or you know, you're not getting the right nutrition. So basically toxicity or nutrient deficiency. But the reality is if you're toxic... You can have the best diet in the world. You're not going to absorb, assimilate your nutrients. So that is what I believe, and some people might be like, "This guy's talking nonsense." But again, that's what I have come to with all of my research over the years. So, with that in mind, I'm proactive on detoxing. So the liver flushing I talked about. There's a company called Zen Cleanse. They do these enzyme cleanses, and I I did one for the large and the the colon intestine always trying things out but essentially i'm all about detoxifying so how does that look that looks doing the flushes that's saunering that's exercising because you're moving your body moving your lymph and that's also not taking in toxicity as well so it's like okay cool i can you know keep fit exercise and all but i need to avoid it coming into my environment so my cleaning products being all natural cleaning products it's what food am i eating it's uh, what what chemicals am I, you know, what deodorants am I using? What shampoo am I using? All, all of those things, if you're not conscious of it, can build up over time. So it's removing the toxicity from the body. It's also stopping it coming in. And then when you have the amazing diet, and again, a poor diet is also toxic because of all the pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. So again, when you start to clean all of that up, water as well, another big one, There's so many things that we're not taught in modern culture, but we clean that up. Everything works better. Everything works better. So it's just, I've gone from, it's just about eating well. All of these things matter, eating well, sleeping, they all, all of them count. There's no magic bullet. I know I'm kind of hammering on the toxicity thing. It's not like, just focus on toxicity and don't worry about your sleep. Don't worry. It's, I'm not saying that at all. There's no magic bullet for being healthy. There's no magic bullet on this got me sick. It's an amalgamation of things. But I think for me, focusing on detox as being as important as all the other elements and not just well January, just won't drink for a month. That shift has been big. And that's something that I really, I'm a big advocate for now on my show to my clients Um, because i think that's when we think about longevity and it's so sad to see people get these diseases or be inflicted with conditions and and i'm like okay in my mind it could be preventable if you tee up the right lifestyle in the long run right so that that's really my focus for me right now if we have a conversation in a year's time might be different i might be like no it's all about it's all about manifestation, you know. <laughs> but that—that's—that's that's where I am on my journey right now, and I think that is such a big part that um, we don't hear about in modern day culture on, on the TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there we go. That's 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 where I am right now. Let's see next year, right? Let's see see where we are next year.
0: Beautiful. Well, before we even worry at all about next year, and and we'll we'll do this again, I'm sure next year. Mm-hmm. I, in preparation for the conversation, I ask, what's one question you would love to be asked? And you wrote the following. What is one thing you wish you knew 10 years ago? So before we do next year, let's reflect on 10 years ago. What is one thing that you wish you knew?
1: Oh, wow. There's many. I would say how to be healthy, like actually how, actually how to function and how the body works, and what what you need to do. Because I think when you're young, and I see this with a lot of young people, they think they're invincible, and they're going out, they're partying. And I think culture, if you're not, when I was younger, in my 20s, I thought success was going out, smashing alcohol, and getting with girls. I thought that was it. But that was, now in reflection, that was imprinted on me by culture of that's what you got to do, So it is what it is, and I don't regret it, and I accept it, and that was a part of my journey. But actually, I wish I had someone who was like, no, 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 right, focus on building relationships, focus on uh, how to be healthy, focus on how the mind works. All, all of the stuff I picked up in my <laughs> mid to late 30s, right? Oh, my goodness, if someone just gave me that information. I, I may not have even wanted it. I don't know, but wow, I wonder where I'd be. But I think mainly that the health side of things, because really, why did I, why have I pursued this so to the nth degree that I've done? I have a passion in health, but I, it came out of my own struggles, right? So in a weird way, you could say, well, do you know what, would I have valued it back then? Because, you know, it's like I, I felt invincible when I, I had to go through this journey to get to where I am now. But wow, if if, if this information was like just delivered in schools or delivered, you know, you know as something that you should know god knows where i'd be i always I, I look at people like cristiano ronaldo who's never drunk he doesn't drink and he's in great shape i don't know what he does personally but it's like he's still at i know he's just moved to a saudi club for the money but he still can play 90 minutes he's still got amazing fitness at 37 it's because he's just always been consistent with his house so he's been doing certain protocols health practices from when he was 20 or, or a teenager so i, I always imagine wonder what i'd be like if i all the stuff i know now i was doing from mm-hmm. you know back then so yeah that, that's probably the main thing just all the the health principles i now know um yeah. would be great to know if i was you know back in my 20s mm-hmm.
0: tom brady i don't know if you know tom brady the american football player but yeah, of course yeah
1: i mean i don't follow america well enough it's it's getting more popular here but i know of him i think he's yeah. retired now right
0: He's still playing he's, I believe he's 45 years old and he's another, when you, when you brought up Cristiano Ronaldo still playing at that level, given how long he's been doing it and how he treats his body. Tom Brady is an athlete that, that immediately comes to mind for me with, he's 45 and he's, he's not quite playing at the level he used to, but he's still, he's in miraculously good shape and Mm -hmm. it is a testament to what's possible when you make the commitment to your health like that. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, Adam, I just have a, a couple more questions for you, and uh, we'll wrap up round two, and then we'll, we'll leave plenty more for round three. But I don't believe I got to the, these rapid-fire type of questions with you in the first go-round, so I wanted to ask you some of them here. I love yes, to sir. ask, what's an ordinary, everyday moment that brings you great joy?
1: A uh, cup of coffee.
0: Hmm. What, what do you put in your coffee? Just street black?
1: I, I make it, I don't know what they call it, an Italian style coffee. So in these little kind of metal kind of uh, kettles. Uh, and then I will, so it's Italian coffee. My wife's Italian. And then I will add in fresh, thick cream, hmm. a little bit more water, mix it up. And that's it. Beautiful.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. What is something that folks would be surprised to learn about you?
1: Oh, great question! I'm trying to think. What's coming up for me is I randomly was in a Coca-Cola advert when I was in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I was in uh, I was in Singapore when I was like 23. I was traveling, and they were they were launching Coke Zero, and like they were just filming on the street. So we uh, we got in and we we're like pretending to drink the Coke, and actually back then I would drink Coke, and uh, forgot about it, and then we were in a different country and this is back, this is like 20 years ago. So Facebook was just coming out and his emails. And I got an email from a guy that I'd met in a different country. And he was in Singapore. I was in like Australia at the time. And he was like, mate, we were in this sports bar in Singapore, like big screens like they're, they're showing soccer. And you, you came up on the screen. <laughs> so I was like, so really? So then I, I emailed Coke, Coca-Cola Singapore and they sent me the advert. So I've got it somewhere. <laughs> so, Yeah. Random.
0: You could see the headlines. Biohacker Adam Parker was once in Coca-Cola. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I I'm interested to ask this to you. The the final question I ask every interview, which I I know that you're aware of, but you're in a new state of consciousness now than the last time that we spoke. That was a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. And so I'll ask you again. What does it mean in your words to live a meaningful life?
1: I would say to live with intention and know where you're headed, where you're going, right? I think, and by that, it's like like knowing the frequency you want to get to, feeling that frequency and just heading towards it. Again, it, this comes back to the mental faculties piece that we were talking about. Just knowing what you're about, knowing where you're headed, knowing it's going to come if you stay on that path, having faith in that process. And, you know, that means you get up every day excited because you're like, it's it's already done. I've just got to just turn up and do my part and and stay on the right frequency, right? Mm-hmm. So bit yeah, with intention, because I think I think some people can and we all get to a, a spot where sometimes we wake up and we're just doing the motion. Right. And when you when when you can realign and be like, right, this is it. This is what I'm focused on. Um, yeah. And everything around it is focused on that. I think that's a beautiful thing. Mm.
0: Yeah. I don't usually jump in after the, the final question, but I, I want to mm. invite this in because it's very relevant to the conversation that we had. I was actually in a coaching session with my coach. So I was the client in this case recently talking about my desire. Uh, So I was actually visualizing myself interviewing Brene Brown in front of a large Mm. live audience and just allowing like, what, what does that high feel like for me? What does it feel like in my body somatically? And it, for the most part, it felt really good. So there's, on one level, it's all right, I already have access to what if I imagine it happening, it's already happening within me. And to yeah. what you're speaking of, I'm vibrating at that level. And what also happens with me is, or at least what happened in this coaching session that I had is that a limiting belief pops up. There's a there's a part of me that doesn't believe that I'm good enough to to be interviewing Brene Brown on that stage. And a, a practice that I have found helpful is to actually create space for that part of me that doesn't believe that. It's, it's trying to protect me in some way and mm-hmm. actually showing that part appreciation for, for the job that it has been doing for most of my life and that it's trying to do. And uh, over time, I continue to teach my parts. You don't have to work so hard to protect me. I'm, I'm good. I'm just good. Yeah. I'm good just the way I am. And I am good enough to interview Brene Brown in front of a large audience. So that is, I, I I invite that in because it's the the practice of allowing myself to feel at that high frequency, that high vibration, the high energy is what's going to keep moving me in the direction of other people that are mm-hmm. vibrating at that level too, which yeah, is man, what your meaningful it. life is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it, and it, and it's giving yourself permission, right, to feel that way and to sit with that, and that is again a, a natural mechanism, and I and I definitely have that at times as well, and it and it's it's about allowing ourselves to go there, and for me, it's being playful and just imagining and not putting, you know, just just enjoying the feeling, enjoying the process, and yeah, those feelings will come, but kind of. Thanking, thank you for that coming in. But I'm now going to put you to the side and continue in this beautiful uh, experience I'm imagining. So yeah. yeah, I get it. It's 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 part of the journey with this, the, the these mental faculties, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Adam, we we called our shot. A little over a year ago, we said we needed to do a round two, and yeah. I I really appreciate you taking the time to come on for round two. Congratulations on being a soon-to-be father in in 2023 in June. So it's only about five short months away. And one of the things you know you mentioned appreciation and gratitude at at one point mm-hmm. in the interview, and I, I'll share some appreciation that I'm experiencing right now. One of the things that I appreciate most about when we are in dialogue with each other is that there's, well, one thing that specifically just about you that I appreciate is your openness to, this is what I believe now from my current state of consciousness. It is not, a lot of people might disagree with it and that's okay. And I might disagree with it in Mm -hmm. two years time. You know, I might be completely wrong, but this is where I am now. And I think that's a, it's a really admirable quality that I look up to. As someone who has a tough time trusting myself when culture and society and peers are doing things a certain way, it takes, in my estimation, it takes a lot of courage to live the way that you're living. So I, I appreciate that. And what I really appreciate about the dialogues that we have is that there are times where I don't believe the same thing that you believe. And I'm sure the same is true that I might say something that you're not believing. And it doesn't interfere at all with the way that we're connecting with each other. We're two yeah. open, curious, interested people just chatting about what we believe in. And it. I think if I can be meta about it, one of the challenges that our world is facing right now is that there aren't enough conversations happening with two people that maybe don't believe they don't see eye to eye on every little thing. And that completely blocks off the dialogue from ever happening, right? Mm -hmm. The polarization, uh, it's not to say that you and I don't, I, I do have a lot of shared beliefs with you, but I, I love that we can speak about things that maybe we don't agree on or see exactly eye to eye on. And I'm still really like, I look up to you in a lot of ways. Mm that's lovely thank you i received
1: that that comment that's lovely and yeah i get it and that's the that's the beautiful thing right because we don't believe the same stuff on certain things but we're both on a good frequency where we're just allowing the conversation right and i always think when people clash on social media about well i sit in this camp and you sit in that because it's low frequency it's low emotion it's low it's low energy right and it's like Yeah, we can have conversations with people and be like, oh, great. Yeah, you do you. I do me. We're cool. We're just having a conversation. I'm curious. It's similar to like, I believe in how I eat. Right. But if I was to chat to a breatharian, I'd be like, cool, let's have a conversation. I'm curious. You think you can live off breathing? I don't believe that, but I'm curious. I want to hear. I want to understand you. And mm-hmm. it's cool when we'll, we'll we'll then go off on our way and be like, "Great man, you do you, you rock it." I'll do me, amazing. So yeah, that that I get it. In this world that we're in, this is like, you're in this camp, we're in that camp. But actually, people can just have dialogues and be like, "This is where I'm at." And as we said, where I'm at now might completely. Here's the thing: we might not see eye to eye on uh, topic A today, but in a year's time. We might yeah. align on Topic A. You never know. It's just we're constantly evolving and we're all on a journey, our own individual journeys, right, Under, trying to just work out
0: this thing called life, you know? Yeah. It reminds me of a quote from a past guest. His name is Sam Lamott, and I'm, I'm circling back to my notes on it. He said, I want to build a world where a flat earther and a cosmologist could somehow share an emotional cup of tea. <laughs> and I love yeah. that.
1: do you know what though man i always think people who don't see eye to eye if you stuck him in a room and they just had to stick it like once they got over shouting they'd they'd find common ground because as humans we want to bond we want to connect yeah you know we want we want we want resonance you know so you could you could stick a flat earther and another chap and eventually they'd be like oh yeah i love dogs i like what sort of dog do you like oh fantastic they always find common ground you know
0: Well, this is a beautiful note to end on before we eventually do our round three together. So Adam, thanks again for coming on. Mike, it's
1: been an absolute pleasure. Let's definitely do round
0: three. Maybe we do it this time next year and we can then reflect on what we spoke about today. It'll be our new ritual. And to all the listeners, I hope that whenever you're listening, you have a wonderful rest of your day or evening and that you're vibrating just a little bit higher from this conversation and uh, take good care. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to Mike's search for meaning. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, share this episode with your friends, and leave a review. I look forward to seeing you next time, my friends. And until then, stay safe, stay well, and keep living with purpose. Peace.